In today's episode, yes, we have Dolphins news, everybody. I know we took a break from it last week, but there's a couple rumors swirling around that I want to touch on. Also, I digged out a couple free agency names. I want to share with you guys. I want to let you guys know if I'm in on them, if I'm out on them, if they're too pricey, if they're not. And last but not least, the Miami Heat. Are we back? I mean, hey, beat them Raptors. We beat the Jazz in playoff-type experiences. But Bam Adebayo not making the All-Star game? What's that about? Believe me, I'm definitely touching on that. Let's get right into it. Welcome to the Miami Sports Vibes Podcast with Nando Diaz, episode 7. Lucky number 7. Man, that's just crazy. Every time I do these podcasts and I announce the episode, it gives me chills. Six episodes down, we're on number seven now. This is crazy because I'm having so much fun and and connecting with you guys through Twitter and you guys giving me feedback, telling me how I'm doing. This stuff is awesome. I'm having a blast. I can't thank you guys enough. You know, I want to thank you guys every time. Thank you for the support. Thank you for the questions you send, the feedback you send. I'm so grateful just to to connect with you guys. And with that being said, I mean, let's get this show on the road. All right, so we're going to start things off with the Miami Heat. What can I say? What a positive damn week for the Miami Heat. I mean, hey, we back. I don't I don't think it's an overreaction. I really think we're back after what I just seen from this week. The way the Heat played, the way everyone's looking, the way, you know, people are getting right. Duncan Robinson getting it going. Iguodala getting it going. This is the Miami Heat team that we all know and love. This was amazing. So it was a positive week. But there was one little negative. Let's start off with the negative before we go into all the positives and stuff. The negative is the all-star snub. Jimmy and Bam didn't make an all-star game? I honestly thought that was ridiculous. I, I mean, I like that we have our break, you know, that our guys are going to have the seven-day break that they need to rest up because this second half of the season, it's going to gear up and it's going to gear up fast. So don't get me wrong. I like that they have the break. I don't even want them to play in the all-star game. So I'm not mad that they're not playing. I'm just mad that they weren't selected because it's just so disrespectful. I mean, do you see what Jimmy's done? He's averaging nearly a triple-double because he's getting it almost every game. He's impacting winning. Right now, we just went on a hell of a roll. And don't tell me that it's because Jimmy missed time because of COVID. Because you know what? Tatum missed the same amount of time. He missed the same amount of time. He missed, what, two weeks? So did Jimmy. But he gets an odd, right? See, I don't understand that. I'm not saying that you know, Jimmy's a better player than Tatum. I mean, I think he is, but I'm not out here saying that. My defense is, if you're really holding him accountable for, you know, he can't make the All-Star game because he missed time because of COVID, then the same should go for Tatum. Okay, so what's the excuse? Because of the record? Okay, why is Vucevic in? Our record's better than theirs. Jimmy's better than him. Bam is better than him. I don't want to, don't give me the number stuff. We all know Bam is better than Vucevic. He's a hell of a talent. But can Vucevic do what Bam does? Can he impact winning? Can he defend like he does? Can he block shots like Bam? Can he play make like Bam? Just get out of here with that. I have to share that because it's just, 
it's completely disrespectful. Again, I'm not, you know, I'm kind of happy that they have the rest, but it's just about the respect. It's, it's just completely disrespectful to not have Jimmy or Bam selected. It really is. But you know what? Hey, this is probably a blessing in disguise because our guys need the rest. You know, we want to make this playoff push. We want to make another finals run. So they deserve a rest. You know, and I don't feel bad for Jimmy because Jimmy's been there. And I'm sure he doesn't mind it. And we, we definitely want Jimmy to get his rest. But I just feel for Bam. I mean, Bam's improved in every category than last year. He made it last year. How could you not put him this year? That's just crazy. He's gotten way better. I mean, he's putting up, he put up a 40-point game. You know, he's already had a triple-double. He's, he's got game-winning blocks already again. How can you leave a player like that out? That, I just don't get it. It's so disrespectful. And then Kevin Durant was ruled out the All-Star game. And, you know, the NBA went to pick Jimmy Butler. So Jimmy got his dues, but Jimmy said, you know, there was a report saying he denied it. He didn't want to go to the All-Star game. And why? He says because Bam was disrespected. So he even feels that Bam should make it over him. And I agree. Bam deserves to be in there, man. And then they went along and who did they pick next? Sabonis. Come on. So you got Sabonis and Vucevic over Bam in the All-Star game. Oh, yeah, that's so fun. That's going to be great, NBA. Oh, my God. The fans are going to love seeing those two players. Come on, man. Sabonis is good, but they're not better than Bam. What is the disrespect? What am I missing? Yeah, he can play make. Bam can play make better. Bam impacts winning better. Come on. I know Sabonis is good, but he's not Bam. And it's, it's crazy to me because coaches are the ones that vote for the reserves. I mean, within four minutes of the game, Bam is sweating his butt off. Don't coaches love to see that? The hustling that Bam does, diving for loose balls, blocking shots? That caught me by surprise because I thought coaches would be in love with Bam. So they would lock him into that All-Star game. Every coach loves a player like that. But hey, you know what? Let's look at the positive. You know, our guys are going to have a, a nice week break because we're about to get things rolling second half. So I feel bad. I hate the disrespect. I want to just share it out there. It's not that I'm mad that they're not playing in the All-Star game. It's just a disrespect. Like, I want my guys to be selected, especially when they deserve it. And when it comes down to the excuses that I'm hearing, one because of COVID, another because of winning, I just named you a couple guys that missed the same time as COVID, and I named you somebody with a worse record. So I just wanted to vent that. But you know what? Let's go on a more positive note. I wanted to get that negative stuff out the way right there real quick, vent a little bit. but. We got a lot of positive things throughout last week. All right, besides the wins, all right? Got a, got a good win against Toronto. We started the week with that. It was a playoff type of feel, just the way people were diving after loose balls. You know, the scoring runs, they'd make a run, and then we'd make a run. And then, like I said, people diving for loose balls. The defense was there. The, the coaches were there. It was a low-scoring game, to say the least, for the most part. And it was a gritty-type win. I love that. I love that we were able to pull it off coming back home after that road trip. It, w it was really nice to see, but there were so many positives. I mean, where can I begin? Goran Dragic coming back, being that spark off the bench. Remember, I said a couple times on the other podcast, I said, listen, I like Nunn starting. I like Hero off the bench. He can be that sixth man. And I said, when Dragic comes back, I really hope he comes off the bench. 
Why did I say that? Because remember, our success last year had Drogic and Tyler coming off the bench together. It's great for so many reasons. It's great for himself because he's getting older. All right, you want to manage his minutes. I mean, not to say that he can't finish the game, not to say that he's going to play a little bit of minutes, but he doesn't have to start the game. He can come in. You know, we can rely on him to play make, to attack, to be the spark, just like Tyler. I love Goran off the bench. Remember, maybe playoff time, we'll put him to start like we did. At least we know we can trust him. You know, players like Kendrick Nunn, they, they're better as starters because he needs to find his rhythm and everything. Dragic's a veteran. He's not going to be complaining if he's coming off the bench. He's not going to complain if he's not starting, if he's starting, whether he's not. You, you love that. You love that. Not a lot of players are willing to do that and accept that. But Goran, he's got it all down packed, dude. He knows. He knows what to do. He's a veteran. He's a perfect veteran. And I love that you can do that with him. I love that you can say, all right, Goran, you were injured. You're back. You're coming off the bench. He's like, I got you, coach. And look what he did. That spark, man. I'm telling you. This is the role for Drogic, for himself, for his body, for the team, for everything. And believe me, when he needs to start, Spoken put him right in there and it'll just work. He's a pro. He's a pro's pro. I love Goran. I love having him back. I mean, his presence, man, attacking the rim. He looked like he, he needed that time off. He looks fully healthy. He was running around. It looked like Drogic from a couple years ago. Just slash into the rim, get into the rim creating for others his handles were nice his three ball was there I was so impressed with Dragic because you, you know usually usually a player needs a couple you know a couple minutes to get under himself before or a couple games returning from an injury man he didn't miss a beat I can't wait till Tyler rides out there in the bench with him consistently them two have that scoring punch just like they did last year remember last year our success was none starting and Dragic coming off the bench we were lethal, lethal. And Kendrick Nunn, ever since he's been starting, man, he looks even better than he did last year. A lot of us are saying, you know, where's the Kendrick Nunn from last year? Man, since he's been a starter, he looks even better. Think about the things we complained about with Kendrick Nunn. We complained about his defense. Man, he can't guard anybody. Man, I've seen Kendrick Nunn block some shots from behind. I've seen him get some steals, all ball too. Not hacking. He's not hacking. I've seen him get steals, blocks. He's defending pretty well. I don't know if I'm overthinking, but what, from what I've seen from Nunn, there's an improvement defensively. The dude has improved. And it, it, it's just, it's crazy because a lot of us were so down on Nunn, including myself. Don't get me wrong. I was doubting Nunn. I was like, we got to get him out of here. I mean, he's given us nothing. You know, he can only score. He must have been hearing the noise because all of a sudden, his defense is awesome. The other day when we were playing the Jazz, his offense wasn't there that much, but he was playing defense. I love that. I love that. I love to see that. And that's, that's something we didn't have in none last year. Something we didn't have in none at the beginning of the season. At least that we didn't notice. I'm noticing it now. And I'm starting to feel a different way towards Kendrick Nunn. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm not saying, you know, lock him up. We, we got to keep this guy forever. He's a heat lifer. Because if a, if a trade package comes and they ask for none and we can improve our roster, I'm, I'm all for that. I'm hopping on that. I'm sorry. You know, but what I'm saying, I'm saying in regards to, you know, doubting him on defense and then, you know, 
throwing dirt on him, saying he can't defend, he can't do nothing but score, and he can't score that well. I'm done with that. He's he's turned my eyes. You know, I, I I've seen him improve these past couple weeks, and I give him the credit, but I wasn't sold on it. I wasn't saying, man, we none's good, none's good, none can help us, none can help us in the long run. But now, I'm seeing a consistent Kendrick Nunn. I'm seeing a lot of consistency that I love to see, and he's he's turned my eye. Like I honestly watch these games, and I, I want to see none. I want none to shoot. A couple times, I'm like, what are you doing? What are you doing now? No. I got confidence in that guy. He's got it. He's giving me defense. He's giving me offense. I was so mad for so long with none. I was out on him. But this Kendrick Nunn, he's a huge reason why we're winning these games, too. He's doing things. He's providing some offense to begin the game. He's attacking the paint. He's defending, like I said. Shout out to Kendrick Nunn, man. Big shout out to Kendrick Nunn. So I wanted to share that. More positivity comes, though. A lot of other things I want to talk about. Andre Iguodala. Man, now that's the Andre that we signed up for, right? That's what we expected. I mean, now he's really, really becoming that 3 and D player. He's getting his hands in the passing lane. He's deflecting passes at a tremendous rate now. I'm like, oh, this is Andre. We didn't get that last year. I don't know, maybe he needed the offseason to train, but we got him now. He's hitting clutch threes from the corner. I'm like, oh my goodness, that's what we need. If he can be that consistent 3 and D player, defending, just hit the corner threes if you're open. Just hit them. We don't need you playmaking. We don't need you cutting to the rim, dunking, putting yourself at risk. Listen, Andre, we need you to defend on ball, deflect passes, and hit corner threes if you're open and he's hitting them to me i look at andre now and i'm like okay we can close games with this dude he can play the four he played the four in golden state right he has great hands he can defend i look you know he can play that crowder role to end games you know we we still need a power forward don't get me wrong we really do especially to start the game because kelly olenic no he's not cutting it it's still you know I'm giving a lot of positivity to a lot of people, but Kelly Olenek, nah, no, no, no. I'm still out on him. We need an upgrade there. We need a better starter. He's not cutting it. But to close games, I'm not saying set it for Andre, but at this point with this roster, he looks like he can close the game consistently. And I love to see it because that's what, that's what we wanted. Remember, when we made the trade for Iguodala and Crowder, we wanted Iguodala more. That was the main piece. That was who we wanted to see. And then Crowder outplayed Andre. And then Crowder ended up starting and finishing games. Rightfully so, because he was hitting the three ball and he was more effective. I don't know if it was because Andre was out of shape and now he's in shape. But hey, he's turned the corner. He's turned the corner in the right time. Andre Iguodala, big shout out to you as well. Big shout out. I got another one. Duncan Robinson. Okay. Remember, I was hard on him. I was hard on him all these past episodes because we hold Duncan to such a high standard because he was shooting at such an elite level last year. And he got off to a slow start. Remember, I don't know if it's the trade rumors. He's a young guy. I mean, you know, not young age-wise, but NBA-wise. Okay? I don't know if that was why. He was, he was overthinking. It was, it was stress. Even though they say they don't look at this stuff, these players look at this stuff. I mean, come on. Who wouldn't? 
So something clicked. I always felt, I said, if Duncan just has a game where he lights it up, that's going to give him confidence going forward. And he did so. I believe it was the game against Sacramento the week before. He started to find his groove. He really started to knock down some threes. And I was like, okay, you kind of see it in his face. It's like he believes in himself. It's only a matter of time before those shots keep going down. And it's a contract year for him. So he's not mailing nothing in. You know he's working his butt off. You know he's grinding. You know he's putting up shots after games. It was only a matter of time before those things start falling. And Duncan is hot right now. He looks like the Duncan of last year. He's hitting those threes and his face, so much determination. Like he doesn't, last year there was a couple instances where I was like, Duncan, like, why are you looking so soft out there? You know, he, he's looking sl- like slow on defense, but Duncan's got some toughness now. I'm like, okay, you saw it last year in the finals. Last year in the finals, I saw Duncan have this mean face and I'm like, yeah, that's what I like to see. I kind of started seeing that the last couple games. I'm like, damn, Duncan, there we go. Show that toughness, man. Duncan Robinson, he's not only making threes this year. His defense has improved. I'm telling you, pay attention to that. Guys, watch these games. Duncan Robinson, I'm not saying he's, he's not, all right, he's not an elite defender. But the dude's improved. He's gotten better defensively. He's moving his feet well. He's keeping people in front of him. People were attacking him late in games before. They're still doing it now. But Duncan's improved. He's taking that stuff serious, and I love to see that. Along with Kendrick Nunn, Duncan Robinson, getting picked on on defense. He says, you know what, I'm going to work on that. I guess that's what he's, that's what he's been doing in the offseason besides shooting, working on lateral quickness. I love that, man. And I got to give him credit. I got to give him credit because now I'm seeing Duncan Robinson do things other than shoot. Not only that, he's cutting to the basket more. Time and time again, I've seen Jimmy and Bam find Duncan cutting to the rim. And I'm like, there you go. If you need to add something else to your game, then just shoot. And the mid-range isn't there or your handles aren't there to get to the cup. Cut off ball. Cut. You know Bam and Jimmy are looking for that, and he's been doing it. Time and time again, I see so many instances where Duncan's getting a backdoor cut pass from Jimmy or Bam, and he's laying it up and in. I'm like, okay, there we go. You got to add to your game. To keep people honest, because if they're going to be pressing you so, you know, you don't get threes off, that's your advantage right there to cut back door on them. And he's been doing that. And I love to see that. There's so there's so many little things that people don't notice. But I notice these things, little things like that. I give Duncan credit as well. Listen, there's a lot of strides that this team has made as a whole different people individually. And I got to shout him out for it because I'm impressed. The Heat are rolling. We're back. I know we're not, the record's not great, but from where we started and where we are now with these impressive wins against these tough teams and these, per, these players that were struggling, you know, not struggling anymore, they deserve the credit. And remember, this is from a fan's perspective. So I'm a diehard fan, just like you guys. I'm sure you guys are noticing this stuff. You guys, you can't not be excited. Remember, I wasn't excited when we beat the Kings. I was like, I got to see more. All right, we beat the Lakers. I was happy, but still not excited. But this stuff, the way they've been performing, winning games, the way the players have, you know, taken upon themselves to improve in the, the areas they need to defensively, the defense is there, the strides, the whole team as a whole, and the chemistry. Remember that chemistry I said a couple weeks ago, that chemistry looks off, man. It's not the same as it was last year. 
But these guys look like they love each other. They look like they're having fun again. And I love it. The post-game interviews. You see Bam dancing. I'm like, yes. Yes, there we go. This is, this is what, what was missing in this team. The chemistry is back. And I'm telling you, winning heals everything. And you love to see it. So I want to give a shout out to this team as a whole because I'm excited. The job is not done. Don't get me wrong. But when they deserve credit, I'm going to give them credit. And when they don't deserve credit, I'm going to yell and I'm going to express my emotions and frustrations with it. I'm a fan. So I really, really wanted to give that whole shout out for the week to the Heat. And it's, it's just amazing. It's amazing. They deserve all of that. All right, so besides, you know, all the individual stuff, all the credit I want to give to the team as a whole, I told you guys, we, I mean, we started the week, we beat the Thunder, just like I said. We beat the Raptors, just like I said. That was a tough game. But that Jazz game, listen, I admit it. You guys can go back and check. I said we were going to lose that game. I honestly did. I thought we were going to. Again, I wanted a win, of course. Come on. I'm a Heat fan. Let's go Heat. But... I really thought they were going to lose because the Jazz just, they look awesome. They look awesome. They're well coached. They're, the chemistry's there. Donovan Mitchell, Gobert, Conley's playing good all of a sudden. I thought we were going to lose, but you know what? We won that game. And to me, that was the game of the year. I mean, it ended 124-116 in favor of the Heat, but just watching the game, it was run after run. We would get a big lead, then the Jazz will come back, they'll make a run, and then we'll hang in there tied back and forth. You know, the defense was there on both ends at times, but then the offense was amazing as well. Both teams play good defense. You look at that 124-116, you were like, oh, you know, that, that had to be a bad defensive game. No, it was actually pretty good. I mean, but players were working their butts off to get these points. Everyone was out there hustling. This Jazz team, they deserve credit. A lot of people sleep on the Jazz, including myself. I think the Jazz are kind of boring, but watching them, watching how they play together, their chemistry, Donovan Mitchell, Gobert, Gobert even. I I mean, I don't enjoy watching Gobert. I think he was overrated. But watching his impact on the game, that dude's good. He deserves credit, and he's gotten credit. So I can see why he's gotten credit. He, he, He impacts the game. He's blocking shots. He's a he's a double double every night. The dude's good, but talk about our heat, man. We showed up that game. That was also just like the Raptors game. It was a playoff type feel coming down to the end. Goran played 33 minutes. He was 9 of 15, 3 of 4 from 3. He had 26 points off the bench. He was on fire. We don't win that game. We don't win that game without him. Without Dragic playing that that great, we don't win that game. Andre Iguodala played 23 minutes. He was 2 of 5. But there were three-pointers. Two three-pointers. Five rebounds, eight points. Had a couple deflections. There's no staff for deflections here, but Andre, another positive game. Duncan, he was 5 out of 9 from the field. He had 15 points, six rebounds. There we go. He had five fouls. You know what the fouls tell me? He's playing defense. He's trying Seeing fouls for Duncan Robinson, that honestly gets me excited because why are you fouling? Because you're on somebody, right? Because you're playing good defense. You know, sometimes it's bad calls here and there, but you know where I'm getting at. You know, I talked about earlier Kendrick Nunn in this game. You know, he had 12 points. I talked about it earlier. He wasn't great offensively, but what did he do? He was still playing defense. He was playing defense. He started the game. He didn't close the game. Dragic did. 
But that doesn't matter. Remember, I said Kendrick Nunn as a starter has to get his rhythm. And whoever's hot at the end of the game, that's who's going to close. And it was tragic. Rightfully so. And it will probably always be tragic because Dragic will probably, you know, be the spark and be the veteran to close out the game. But if Nunn is having a great game and he's lights out, you know, talking about maybe a 28-point game, 30-point game, I'm sure Nunn will be in that closing lineup. But just now it seems like Spolstra is finding a rhythm within this rotation. He's playing nine guys. He has his nine. You know, Tyler's out. But he, it seems like he has, he's short in the rotation. He, he's got something that he likes. And now we're starting to click. Bam Adebayo was 7 of 14, 19 points, 11 rebounds, 7 assists. He was impacting that game. It was a great game. He didn't score that much, but his plays, his assists, they were so timely. His defense, he, he, was, he was hanging in there with Gobert. Gobert's a tough matchup for him, remember. He's shorter. He's a little bit on the shorter end for a center. Bam, that is. So he's out there competing, and, and man, I, I, can't, I can't explain how valuable Bam is. It's just... You know, just telling you about him right now, just it just angers me why he's not an all-star. Still, it still bugs me. It's going to bug me. I don't know why. It just is. And Jimmy Butler, 12 of 22 from the field, 10 rebounds, 8 assists, 33 points, bringing us home, too. I don't know if he listened to this podcast. Last week, I was saying, within the last three minutes of a game, nobody else should be taking that shot besides Jimmy. Bring us home. We paid him the max. Be the guy. You're the guy. It's you. Get, bring us home. Get the win for us. Hey, it looks like he listened. <laughs> so I'll take credit for it. No, nah, I'm just kidding. But, you know, I loved it because the last three minutes of the Toronto game, the last three minutes of the Jazz game, he was attacking. He was drawing fouls, hitting the mid-range shot, hitting layups. That's what I like to see. When it's a close game, you need to be the guy and bring us home. And that's what he's been doing. These fourth quarter games for Jimmy Butler, he's been balling. And I love to see it. I love to see Jimmy just close that game. It just, I was standing up. I was in my house standing up during those last three minutes of that Jazz game. And I was hyped saying, yeah, Jimmy, yeah. Like, I love that. Take it upon yourself to bring us home. You're the leader of this team. All right? Remember, you got the guys playing well. All right? so. Duncan, you, you, got, you got everybody where they need to be right now. But you know what? We don't have time to lose games. So when that game is close at the end, that's on you. Go to work, Jimmy. Go to work. That's what I say. Go to work, Jimmy. Go to work. And I've been seeing that, and I love to see it. Man, I'm, I'm impressed with the way we've bounced back from such an inconsistent season. To string out all these wins in a row, to be on such a positive note, I mean, it, it's great. I don't think it's an overreaction. We back, baby. We back. Let's look into next week's games. All right, so we start things off with a game tonight at home against the Hawks again. And we only play two games this week because, you know, it's the All-Star break. So it's gonna have, they're going to be the All-Star game in the weekend. So only two games to break down for you. Tonight, we play the Hawks again. Listen, we're going to win that game. Let's, let's end you know, our first half of the season on the right track. Let's keep things going. Get some positivity going into the break. Give yourselves that, that seven days off without stressing, thinking about how you, you, know, you blew a game here and there. I mean, come on. 
you know, we, of course, we got to worry about Trey Young. Remember, he's averaging nearly 27 points, nearly 10 assists, 9.5 as of right now. But that's fine. Remember what I said. Trey Young is probably going to get his. But they got a lot of players out. And we're the way, way better team. We're clicking better. Just win the game. I'm going to predict a win. This Heat team has really turned my eye. I'm so confident in these guys. I'm predicting that to be a win. And we have a day off after that. And then this Thursday on primetime against the Pelicans on the road before we go on All-Star break. Man, remember, we played these guys on Christmas Day and we handled them. It was an easy win. But the Pelicans are a little different now. They seem to have found a, a rotation that's working. They're putting Zion in, in, in different type of actions. I, I've been watching a couple games of theirs. He has the dribble handoff now. They're starting to do that. They're, Zion's doing a lot of different things. He's, he's posting up. He's, he's more comfortable. I think they really found something that, that's been clicking for them. You know, they got Lonzo playing well. He's shooting the three well again. Brandon Ingram is Brandon Ingram. It's going to be a tough one. It really is. I think it's going to be a tough game. But remember, I, I got so much confidence in our guys now. I'm going to say we win that game. All right? You know, Zion's going to be tough. He's averaging 25. He's shooting over 60%. He's rebounding the ball. He's, he's getting some assists. Lonzo's playing better. It's going to be a tough game. I don't think it's going to be a blowout. Remember, it's also primetime. Players get up for primetime. You rarely see blowouts. So I think it's going to be a tough game. Also, we might be looking ahead for the break. We, we all need that break. Well, our players, that is, obviously. But I think we pull it off. I think is going to get our guys in the right mindset saying, listen, Let's end this first half of the season on a good note before we go to break. Don't disrespect your opponent. Respect your opponent. They're still, even though the record is not good for the Pelicans, they're still an NBA team, and they can sneak up on you. I think that game is going to be close. I don't think it's going to be like Christmas. Uh, I think Zion's going to have a big game. You can't stop that man. I'm excited to see him because he's such a joy to watch, and his explosiveness, I mean, it's, it's fun to watch, but let's get the win. Okay, I'm predicting that to be a win. So I'm saying 2-0, heading into All-Star break. And let's see where we, you know, where we fall in the standings. You know, where, where, where can we go? Where can we, you know, start to look? You know, we're going to look ahead in the second half of the season. Where can, what's a realistic spot? To me, the way this Heat team is playing and the way the rest of the conference is playing, no one really scares me. I think we're, we can finish a top four seed. I'm telling you, no one besides Brooklyn at this moment scares me where I'm like, we can't beat them. We'll see how it goes, though. Hey, maybe a trade also happens this week. So keep an eye out. Maybe it's, you know, something right before the deadline. I know DeMarcus Cousin rumors are there. He's, you know, he's in free agent right now, so he can get got by anybody. Um, so I'm going to be paying a close eye. I think you guys should throughout the week. But hey, I'm predicting 2-0. So let's enjoy this thing. Let's end things on the right foot. Heading into All-Star break, and we back, Heat Nation. Let's go, Heat. With that being said, let's get right into the Miami Dolphins. Now, last week, there wasn't too much news about the Dolphins, and we took a little break from that. We had a great conversation about the NFL and Steelers with my friend Sergio. Uh, but this week, we got, we got a couple things to talk about. Just, you know, not too much as we're heading into free agency soon. but. I digged out a couple names that interest me uh, for free agency. I want to get into that with you guys. I want to let you know 
potential candidates who I think should be, maybe not, if it's too pricey, if it's not. So I got a couple names I'm going to throw out soon, but I want to touch on a couple rumors this week. And the first rumor was Aaron Jones. Those rumors started heating up. And a lot of you guys seemed like you want Aaron Jones. And don't get me wrong, he's, he's a hell of a talent. I love Aaron Jones. He's good at catching passes, running, and, and goal line as well. Dude's a big dude. I, I love Aaron Jones. Uh, you know, I drafted him in fantasy too, and he's won me a couple leagues. So I don't know if I'm uh, biased there, but Aaron Jones is awesome. But the price tag is what worries me. I'm so set on drafting a running back in this coming draft for multiple reasons. Reasons like drafting a running back with no NFL mileage under him. That's big. To me, that's big. See, Aaron Jones, he's played four years. You know, that's not a lot. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, there's a lot of times where these running backs, they last like four, six years, seven maybe, depending on the guy. They'll give you those solid years. but then the mileage starts to add on, and the guys break down. I'm not saying Aaron Jones is, is broken down already, but I'm saying he has four years under his belt. That's kind of why I'm so stuck on picking a young running back. So personally, I wouldn't offer Aaron Jones. Again, I don't mind it if we do it, because remember, I'm a Dolphin fan, so if we sign him, but my preference, I want to give you guys what I think. I don't want Aaron Jones. I, I don't, and I, lo- I love the guy. But I'd rather draft one of these young running backs because no mileage. They're younger. You can have a young quarterback and a young running back just growing together. That's exciting. The contract's cheaper. And we can, you know, look for free agency money. We can build, you know, get a, get a couple veteran guys in here for the wide receiver core. Or a defensive linebacker. I got a good linebacker in mind. I'm going to let you guys know later. That's where I would spend my money. I, I don't know. I think Aaron Jones's price is going to be high. Maybe he'll take a little bit of a discount, but still, he's still going to ask for a good amount of money. I'd stay away. I mean, I saw, I remember a couple weeks ago, I said I didn't really like the kid from Clemson that much, but I seen some more film on him, and he's, he's pretty damn good. I, I honestly wouldn't mind him either. But you know Najee Harris is my guy. I've been saying that time and time again on this podcast. Najee is my guy. I want that dude at 18. He's going to be a stud. But Javante Williams also, he's good. There's a lot of good running back talent here in this draft that I think we should go that route. I really do. I really do. Like these young guys, I'd rather have these young guys than Aaron Jones. Honestly, that's how I feel about it. Also, I saw Tyler Lockett rumors. There was a potential saying that the Dolphins are interested in a trade, maybe. That, that excited me. But then again, I don't know how true that was. I don't think it was from a verified source, but it was, it was swirling around Twitter a lot. And Tyler Lockett, his speed and what he's done in this league, I think that would be a great fit for Tua. But then again, I don't know if it's true. I don't know if it's true, but if it were to be true, man, I, I, I wouldn't mind Tyler Lockett in Miami. Now, that guy... That's a different story. I know a lot of times, like, when these guys pop up, you, you hear me saying, ah, I'd rather stay the course. Nah, I don't want to give up this and that. But I think Tyler Lockett with Tua would be amazing. But then again, it's, it's probably not true. It's probably not true. So I don't want to dive into that too much because, again, it wasn't from a verified source. So I'll stay put with that. 
Another thing I want to dive into is that I saw Devontae Smith made a couple comments that he would take Mac Jones over Tua, and a lot of you guys freaked out. I was wondering, why is all of a sudden everybody wants Jamar Chase instead of Smith? Now, Chase is a hell of a talent. Don't get me wrong. I, I like that kid too, but you know, I'm a Smith guy. I want Devontae Smith, and I was just surprised to see so many people on, at least on my Twitter feed, they were all like against Devontae Smith. So I put out a tweet to see what, what exactly, why, what's going on? Like, why are so many people going against him now? And they brought me to that link, which, you know, I was a couple days late on, but it was basically, long story short, was Devonta Smith saying that he'd prefer Mac Jones over Tua. So because of that, a lot of guys now want Chase over Smith or don't want Smith at all. You know, if you get Chase or Smith, it's a win-win to me. But... It seemed like so many people turned on Smith. For what? Because of that? Come on, guys. Don't tell me it's because of that. He's not out here saying he hates Tua. That's what you guys are making it seem like. Again, I'm talking to the people that, you know, are against Smith now because of these comments. He didn't flat out say, I hate Tua, Tua sucks, or anything bad. He just played with Mac Jones. Mac Jones just got Smith a Heisman Trophy. They just won a championship together. Tua is in the NFL. Mac Jones is going into the NFL. He's going through the draft process. So of course Smith is going to say Mac Jones. They just play together. He wants Mac Jones to make it to the NFL. He wants more teams to look at him. He's got to say the right thing. Tua's already in the NFL. He's a quarterback for our Dolphins. He doesn't need to hype up Tua. He has to hype up his guy who's trying to make it to the NFL. So I got no problem with that. I got no problem with that. It, and I'm sure Tua doesn't either. So with that being said, I, I'm still on Smith. I hope you guys are too. I really hope that just because of that, you guys aren't out on him. Again, I got no problem with it. And I wanted to touch base on that because I was just so surprised to see all those negative comments about Smith. But like I said, Smith is my guy, and if I was drafting today, that's who I'm taking. All right, so I know you guys are waiting for this, the free agency names that I came up with. So, yeah, I'm, I'm going to say a couple names. Uh, I'm going to say if we should sign them, if we shouldn't. Let's have some fun with this. Okay, so the first name I got here who's a free agency is Levante David. You know from listening to this that that's who I want. You know, the physical linebacker has South Florida ties, a great presence in the locker room, and to build this defense even better than what it was. But I feel like he's going to stay in Tampa Bay. I don't see him leaving uh, after seeing how everything went down and in, in the parade and all that. I know Bruce Arians has to say stuff like that. You're not going to say, oh, yeah, leave. But I don't know. Now you know that time has settled, I really think he's going to stay there. And same goes with Chris Godwin. Chris Godwin's another name. I wanted both of those guys. Those were my two targets that I wanted to bring on to South Beach. But I think they're both staying. I do. I think they're both staying. So let's just rule that out for now. Uh, the next name, Aaron Jones. I talked about this earlier. He's great. It's just 26 years old, still young. Played four years, not too much, like I said. But again, it's mileage. And the price, you know what? It comes down to the price. Honestly, it's going to come down to that price. I want to see if it's too high. 
or what? I mean, he's he's 26. He's going to want to get paid. I know there's reports saying, you know, he'll take less, but he can't. He's 26. This is his time to cash in. I think he's going to go for the money. I think he's going to go for the money, and I don't think we're going to give him that. Uh, now that we're talking about Green Bay players, Corey Lindsey. Now, he's a center from Green Bay. Veteran center. We need one. I don't know if Karras is coming back. I like Corey Lindsey. I kind of would go that route to sign him. I would. I would sign me up for him. I'd take him in a heartbeat. He's a veteran. He's a good center to have. You know, solidify that offensive line. That offensive line's important. Uh, maybe we save a draft pick. We don't even have to draft the center. Or maybe draft the one later. Not too high. I'd look to acquire him. I'd love him. We got T.Y. Hilton also. Now... If T.Y. Hillen is willing to come for cheap, I'd love to have him. Just a veteran presence. He can help out younger guys in there. He won't cost much. He's got great hands. You know, Tua, think about it. Our offense, we have no veteran, no veteran receivers. We have no security blanket, no true security blanket. Not to say that, you know, T.Y. catches everything like he used to, but he's got good hands and he's a veteran. You want to have a veteran there with a young quarterback. Kind of like, you know, Kyler Murray has Larry Fitzgerald. I know Larry Fitzgerald isn't putting up numbers like he used to, but I'm sure his presence helps out that offense, helps out that receiving core, helps out Hopkins, helps out Christian Kirk over there. I think things like that are valuable. It's kind of like an NBA team. You want to have a veteran at the end of your bench teaching young guys. I really, I, I think that matters. So if we can get T.Y. for cheap, I'd love that. See, we have another veteran receiver we can get, Marvin Jones. That's another name. But I feel like that price might be too high, for my liking at least. I like him. I like him. I saw that, you know, he, he wants to be in Miami, but he's going to ask for probably a little bit too much than I'd like to spend on a veteran wide receiver. I mean... It depends. It depends on that price. To me, you, I mean, you're not going to sign both. When it comes to a veteran wide receiver, we're probably going to go either T.Y. or Marvin Jones. Well, that's what I would like. So when it comes down to those two, I got the same case for them. You know, veteran wide receivers, I think they can help this team. So I would choose, if I had to come down to one or the other, whoever, whoever's cheaper. Whoever's cheaper. I think it's a win-win to get either one of these guys with this receiving core. But I would assume T.Y. would be the cheaper option. Uh, Le'Veon Bell, I mean, he's probably worth around $6 million range at this point. You know, he was on a one-year deal. We wanted him. We wanted to acquire him. But after seeing how he played in Kansas City, I don't know. And he's still young. But this is what I was talking about. Running backs with mileage, th these things catch up to you. It doesn't matter if you're, if you're young, if you're 26, 27. If you have mileage under your belt in the NFL level it's gonna catch up I mean Lev Bell just had a great contract with the Jets I mean for himself you know he got paid a lot of money but now we're talking about his six mil I think I saw online that he's worth six mil I don't even think he's worth that so if if he is six mil I don't want him if we could get him cheaper maybe as a pass catching back we could you know run a couple screens for him he can run routes so maybe I would like him, but I, I don't know. I don't know. There's so, many, there's so many things. You know, he might have problems with him. He's from Miami. 
I don't know. I don't want things to get messy. And I think Flores, I don't even think Flores wants him. Remember how I talked about he's building a culture here. Now, does Lev Bell fit that culture? Nah, I don't know. I don't know. I'd stay away from that. The last name that caught my eye was Melvin Ingram. I didn't even know he was available to be a free agent. But he is, and apparently he might go around that $11 million range, maybe 12 He's a pass rusher. I like him, you know, playing defensive end. To me, he's elite, but he's coming off an injury. That's a big risk, and I don't think we have time to be taking risks. You know, we want to get to the playoffs. We know what we're about. We know what we could accomplish. So with that being said, I wouldn't go for Ingram. It sounds nice because he's a dynamic pass rusher. But that injury, that injury, ah. Oh, I forgot. Actually, there is another name. There is another name. Now, this, this one, Denzel Perriman. All right. Now, he's a linebacker. And I don't think it would be too pricey. Maybe 9 mil, maybe 10. Now, I would sign him. That's the linebacker I was talking about. Forgot to mention it earlier, but Denzel Perriman, he's good against the run. He can guard the pass. You want to have guys like that. You want to have guys that can just drop back, cover pass catchers, also stop the run, physical, veteran. Sign me up for him. I don't think that's, that's you know, 9 to $10 million range. That's not bad for him. That's who I would look to target. Now that I think Levante David's going back, Chris Godwin's going back, and assuming we take Smith in the draft for wide receiver, give me, if I had to choose realistic two options here, give me Corey Lindsey, the center, and give me Perriman. I would love that linebacker in Miami. I'm telling you guys, keep an eye out on Denzel Perriman. I really, really would go that route. But with that being said, we'll see how it goes. I mean, free agency is right around the corner. The draft is right around the corner. More names are going to pop up, but I wanted to share these names with you guys because they caught my attention, so why not have some fun with it? But hey, we'll see how it goes. We'll see what names pop up. The rumors should start heating up even more and more leading into this time. So buckle up, ladies and gentlemen. All right, so that wraps up episode seven. Man, I mean, I say it time and time again, but I mean it. This stuff is fun. I'm having a blast doing this stuff. Guys, if you want to reach out to me on Twitter, send me feedback, send me questions, please do so, all right? You can find me at SportsVibes305 on Twitter, and feel free, send me questions. Let me know what you think. Let me know if you want me to talk about a specific topic. I mean, my DMs are open. Go ahead. Send me those messages. Next week, we got another jam-packed show. I got a special guest coming. You guys are really, really going to enjoy it. I'm not going to let you guys know just yet, but you will find out soon. All right, I'll see you guys back here Tuesday and every Tuesday after that. Thanks for listening to the Miami Sports Vibes Podcast with Nando Diaz.